is worthy. Worthy to be praised. Come on, let's just worship. Right there where you're at, just begin to worship Him. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Lord. We worship You. We worship You. Oh, Jesus, You're worthy. Jesus, You're worthy. We worship You. We worship You. We worship You, Lord. You're worthy. How great the love, how strong the hand that holds us, beautiful, beautiful. So here I bow to lift you high,
sing that out. Father, we worship you tonight, Lord. We bless and lift up the name of the Lord Jesus, Yeshua, our Lord, our Savior, our Redeemer, our God, our Protector, Lord. We bless your name tonight, Father. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, even though we can't gather together into a building, we're still the church. And Father, we thank you that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church, Lord. We thank you, Lord. As I've been sharing uh, today in Facebook live stream and just share with you tonight. Thank you for uh, tuning in tonight and this is our way of staying connected with you both on Wednesday night and Sunday night until. We hope that the until is only the two week period but we shall see. So Psalm 61 says this, hear my cry O God, give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been a refuge for me. 
a tower of strength against the enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever, and let me take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Selah, think upon these things. For you have heard my vows, O God, and you have given me the inheritance of those who fear, reverence, honor your name. Can you just thank the Lord right now? He has given you the inheritance. It says that it's the Father's good pleasure to give us his kingdom in Luke 12, 32. It's yours tonight. It's yours forevermore because you reverence, you fear, you awe his name. So praise your name, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We have an inheritance as an overcomer. We have an inheritance as a conqueror because you love us, Father, tonight. I pray the peace of God over those that are listening, Lord, over this congregation from the youngest child to the most elderly in this congregation a while. We pray the shalom of God upon the Hampton Roads region, upon our brothers and sisters, oh Lord, upon our missionaries, Lord. This would, this is our, it still is our missionary week. And we pray for those missionaries that we seek to support with our offering tonight. We'll say more about that in a moment. And then with our banquet that we were going to have this Saturday, but we can still raise the funds for them and send it to them and bless them and help them. And Father, we pray for them that are persecuted in these lands and these nations. We pray strengthen them, Lord. We pray, Lord, may they know that many churches, many Christians, many brothers, many sisters in Christ are praying for them, Lord. We bless them tonight, Lord. May peace and shalom rule and reign in the hearts and the minds of your people, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We pray for many on our prayer list, Lord. Some have faced a operations and procedures even this week some have had loved ones that have gone on to be with the lord we pray comfort we received a couple of requests one from clifford kohu whose youngest daughter is in paris she works as a translator for a french english publication france is in an absolute lockdown and the rest of the europe is becoming the same way and so he is very concerned about this daughter that doesn't know the Lord and doesn't understand the seriousness of the situation. So we pray with Clifford about his daughter that God would just touch her and keep her. We pray with Rita Smith for her youngest daughter, Brittany Sierra, who is in the Peace Corps, who has been in Senegal for the past two years and was recently granted a one-year extension. The decision was made by the Peace Corps, though, yesterday to evacuate all of their global volunteers. Rita had spoken with her and a daughter and uh, the communication is not not going well she hasn't heard the daughter has not heard from the regional directors we just pray for these lord in these other nations lord even more people that we don't know we pray the lord you'd make a way for them to get out and get home and be safe be safe from the coronavirus lord and other things lord we pray for cynthia uh, uh, and robert pettiford cynthia's mother passed on to be with the lord she was 101 years old graduated in the presence of the lord we just pray for the pettiford family tonight that God would minister to them and give grace to them. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness tonight. We, uh, in the way of announcements tonight, we announce to you that all of our WOW services, events, and activities are either postponed, some have been canceled because they're time-related, but those that were canceled, uh, others were just postponed. We'll pick them up at a later time. Uh, our prayer times on Tuesday at 6 a.m., Friday at 5 a.m., then Saturday soaking 7 p.m., we're going to go ahead with those. Prayer is vital and important, and we typically don't have an overwhelming crowd for those times, but uh, as long as we don't have 10, if we show up and have more than 10, we'll have to put you in another room, but anyway, prayer will be go effect, but we are continuing our prayer times. And you know, the wonderful thing about prayer, 
The Holy Spirit knows no distance. He's not limited by spatial time and space. We can pray anywhere. As a matter of fact, today was the first day of the Esther fast, a global fast initiated by Lou Engel and that ministry to encourage people in the body of Christ all over the globe to pray against this coronavirus for a cure, for healing for those that have uh, contracted the disease, and for those that have lost loved ones already that have had the disease, and, and just wisdom for our, ruler, our, our leaders, they are rulers, I guess, for our leaders that God will give them wisdom and grace to guide us and govern us through these times, for pastors, for spiritual leaders to help, just the hand of the Lord will be upon us to help. I want you to know that our, our food... Um, uh, distributions and our benevolence ministry continues to function so if you need help you and our church office hours are open Monday through Friday 4 30 to 8 30 uh, I'm sorry I said that wrong 8 30 a.m. to 4 30 p.m. had that backwards there and uh, if you need that assistance you can call the main office at 874-1223 and we can help you so do that uh, Wow Center I want to encourage you that tonight if you're already viewing great or pass the word and text and tw uh, tweet and uh, whatever you use, Facebook, and let people know we're live streaming on Wednesday, 7.15 until, and we're live streaming both Sunday, 8.30 and 11.30 a.m. until. So we'll see you again Sunday morning at our regular times. We're trying to keep the schedule as normal and regular uh, for your sake that add normalcy to your life. We're not living in normal days, but we want to be bring shalom and peace into your family and your situations. And uh, also our, our other staff, our Pastor Greg and our children, Pastor Josue with our youth and Pastor JR, they're going to be doing uh, recordings and possibly live streamings. And uh, so look, watch our website and watch the uh, Facebook and watch the other the app the ways that we have of communicating with you to find out when their presentation is going to come to your children or your young people, your youth, or your young, young adults. We're doing everything we can to uh, make things as normal and regular as possible during this very trying time that we're going through. But you know what? Everybody I've talked to that knows the Lord has felt a deep, settled peace in their heart that through this, God is going to do some awesome and wonderful things, and nothing can separate us from God's love anyway. So we're still together, and we want to be connected with you. So call the church office if you have needs. Uh, our chaplaincy uh, ministry has already contacted our shut-ins, and we'll continue to do that, checking on them, making sure all their needs are met. So if you know or hear of somebody that is in need, please call the church office and help us to keep up with people. And I want to ask you, please take the responsibility. If you're a ministry leader here, other than even the staff, pastoral staff here at WOW, if you're a ministry leader, you received an email from me today. Please open it and read it. Several points that I cannot cover tonight. It's too many. But please read that email and be aware of how we're trying to stay connected as a congregation during this time. And you as a ministry leader, take the responsibility to contact those on your ministry team, get them to call and check on each other, text, tweet, however way that you communicate and you're able to do that. Pick up the phone, old-fashioned handset, landline if you have to, and call and give somebody a, a call and just check on them, see how they're doing. Let's stay connected. Let's, let's exercise and practice the fruit of the Spirit during this time and, and really get just uh, involved in doing that. Tonight, uh, we're going to receive our offering. You can give online by going to the wowcenter.org uh, website. You can also go to the app, and uh, it's really simple. Once you get on the website or the app, 
you go to the uh, little the little bars there. I guess it's a menu bar is what they call. If you'll tap that menu bar, you can tap the give selection, and it'll take you to the online giving. If you've never done that before, just follow the prompts, fill in the information, make sure you hit the submit button. Everything we give on Wednesday night goes outside of the Wow House to our ministries and missionaries that we support outside of the Wow House. Now tonight, also our notes for the, the lesson tonight are online, and you can go to the, the media tab and just hit media tab. And when you hit media tab, it'll say Wednesday notes. And when you see that Wednesday notes, just open it up. And tonight, and then scroll down, we're doing on the series, Understanding Spiritual Warfare from God's Perspective, and you just scroll down to that, and you'll see God is the ultimate authority. That was last week's first lesson, but we did not get through with the goodness of that lesson. So open that up and go to page six is where we'll start in just a few moments. And then as we complete that, if we have time tonight, we'll open up. You can open up the next lesson, lesson two. The battle belongs to the Lord. If we get that far tonight, we'll see how far we get. I do want to make you aware of that this came on Sylvia's phone. So we're really multitasking media tonight and uh, getting used to all this stuff. And uh, I want to read this to you. This came to her on her phone just a little while ago. And uh, I'm not sure if it's in this area of our Hampton Roads region. But if it is, we need to be aware of it. Please be aware um, people are really taking advantage. Scammers are ta really trying to take advantage of people during this heightened time of fear and paranoia and uh, extreme time. So this came out as an, an urgent community notice. I'll just read it to you. It says, security alert for U.S. residents. Be warned, there is a group going to homes and pretending to be officials from home affairs. They have documents with the letterhead of Department of Home Affairs, and they claim to be confirming that anyone, they claim to be confirming that everyone has a valid ID for the upcoming census. They're robbing homes. They're casing your home. They're checking it out. Take note, there is no initiative like that from the government. Send this to your neighborhood chat groups, and uh, these folks are appearing everywhere. It says they look very presentable, very official. Please alert your family and friends, so uh, be, be aware of that, okay? So we don't want you to be taken advantage of in during this time. And we just pray God's peace. Uh, we realize things in the grocery store and Sam's and uh, 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 Costco and places like that, wholesale clubs, uh, try to find those things, uh, supplies. Try to find some for your family, and don't be a hoarder. Find some for your family with it in mind to be able to share with your neighbor, too, that may have children. It may be a single mom. It may be somebody that doesn't have the economic level that you do that needs help. We've been checking on our neighbors and making sure that they're okay and they have children and that they have those things. So let's, let's just practice really basic good Christianity, okay? So amen. It is a joy that we're able to still be with you. So as long as this 10-person uh, per meeting group is, uh, is in effect, we'll be coming to you through the media way, live streaming and Facebook and other things like that. I want to thank our staff that is here tonight. Uh, uh, David Hammond is up at the soundboard and Jeff Holly and Jeff South. They're in the media booth making this happen. Pastor Rush and John Wright, they're in the lobby handing out flyers and information to anybody that may drive up on, upon the property, giving them the information of how we're communicating and staying connected with you during this season. And then we've got a couple here in the sanctuary that are, that are here. We do have only 10 people here, so we meet that group requirement. 
And I don't know how they're going to monitor that. Are they going to send drones around? I don't, know, I don't know about that. But our governor of the state did put in effect that the police will reinforce those things. So we're trying to comply and uh, obey the laws of the land as long as they don't uh, encourage us or try to force us to uh, not obey what God wants. So anyway, that hadn't happened, and we're just believing that won't happen. So tonight... Uh, uh, I think I did the announcements enough that, that you know that most things are closed. We are going to start on uh, page six of our notes of the first lesson tonight. Why We didn't get finished, and, and I felt like it's so important. I, I know I really pray about what to bring to you, of course, Wednesday and Sunday. But uh, in this series, uh, Understanding Spiritual Warfare from God's Perspective, too many times the enemy, the devil, Satan, the demonic realm is magnified and, and intensified and, 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 and scares people. And, you know, uh, last week we talked about, we ended up talking about the names of God. And that's what we're going to pick up tonight on number nine on page six on Yahweh Sidkenu. God is our righteousness. And the reason that, to me, this seems so timely is because we need to know the character of God in a day and an hour such as this to save us restore us, protect us, and keep us from the evil that is happening on the world. What I read to you about that neighborhood scam going on, that is pure evil of people who would take advantage of other people in a time of crisis, in a time of fear, trying to scare people and then end up violating them, robbing their home, taking advantage or stealing from them. So last week we opened it up. So I'll just jump right in here that number nine characteristic or name of the Lord that we see from the old covenant was Yahweh Sidkenu. And it simply means the Lord, our righteousness. He is righteous, but he presents himself and reveals himself to us as the Lord, our righteousness. In Jeremiah 33, 15, and 16, it says, In those days and at that time, I will cause to grow up to David a branch of righteousness. Well, we know that references to the Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. It says, He, meaning Jesus, shall execute judgment and righteousness on the earth. What a glorious day when this scripture begins to be fulfilled. It happens in a measure now. There's coming a day. It will totally, completely happen. And so he will execute the, uh, the earth in judgment and righteousness. In those days, Judah will be saved, and Jerusalem will dwell safely. Jerusalem's not safe right now. The Israeli people, they're not safe in Jerusalem right now. But the day's coming. And this is the name by which she, Jerusalem, Judah, shall be called the Lord our righteousness. So as the Lord of righteousness, what does the Lord, our Heavenly Father, he did through Jesus Christ... He takes away our sin by becoming the sacrifice and the atonement for our sinfulness. And by his blood, he takes what's on our account, sins, takes it off our account, erases it from our account. Just like an accountant would nowadays with a computer, you know, just uh, highlight and hit the delete button. Uh, <laughs> the blood of Jesus highlights and deletes uh, and, and removes your, the sin of your life from your account but then applies it, takes it, and cuts and pastes it onto Jesus' account. If you want to understand it from modern computer terminology, that's what God did. Highlighted it from your life and my life, but deleted it, but yet carried it over, cut and pasted it onto Jesus' account. And by Jesus suffering uh, for our sins, his righteousness is now a great, wonderful, divine 
supernatural transaction happened. He took our sins, and then he gave us his righteousness. This is what Christianity, the gospel message, is all about, the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So he takes away our sin by his blood, and he provides his righteousness to reign in our lives so that we can live for his glory and expand his kingdom on earth. So I don't hear you shouting from home yet, but praise the Lord for that. The tenth characteristic or name of the Lord is Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is our shepherd. We certainly need his guidance and his comfort as a shepherd. You know, we heard a teaching today that sheep are among the few animals that they cannot live, they cannot exist, they cannot function without a shepherd, without a human being helping them. Of course, there's sheep dogs that help the shepherd keep the sheep. But a sheep, he, he can't feed himself. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to find food. They don't know how to dwell in safety. They get in all kinds of situations. Their briars, their coat, their wool has to be clean of stickers and briars and all the junk that they get into. Sheep are, are really considered not very intelligent animals. They, they need us. Or they need the humans. Do you know that God, and we heard this today, did you know that God designed us with a deficit in us as a human being? so that we would need him, depend upon him. When I heard that, I went, wow, that clicks. That's like it says in Matthew 5, verse 6, that we are poor in spirit. Blessed are those that are poor in spirit. Do you remember that message a few weeks ago? That when we realize we don't have what it takes, that's what poor in spirit means. When we realize we don't have what it takes, what should it make us to do? How, what should our be reaction? We should depend on on the Lord. We should trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not leaning unto our own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge, that means give God a chance in our life, and he shall direct your paths and our paths. So Jehovah, or, or actually Yahweh Rohi, Psalm 23, I know you know that one, verses 1 and 2 says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. It says want, but want means to lack. He causes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That's what the Lord wants to do to you and I this time in our life when all of this panic and pandemic and, and people are just, the only word I know to use is freaking out over the situations that are coming. There's mass hysteria at the stores, uh, through the media, and I, I'm sure they're trying to, I, I take it very serious. I am washing my hands, I'm sanitizing, I'm doing everything. I had to go get an eye checkup today, and they warned me, don't bring anybody to the office with you because of the effect, uh, you know, the potential coronavirus being spread. Don't bring anybody with you, and, and don't need, uh, so I took a mask. I wore a mask from the time I got out of my car in the parking lot to the time I, I, I walked in, and when I was called and talked to the, I got to meet with the ophthalmologist. I took the mask off them. They saw it, and they said, oh, you're worried about it. I said, yeah, I'm not taking any chances for you or me. So uh, then when I was through, he said, you can put your mask on now. I said, I am. And I did that, and I walked out, and I took it off as I got out in the, the car, you know. But we, we, we need the Lord to guide us and lead us. He, he causes us to lie down green pastures, leads us beside still waters. We need his presence. If the Lord is your shepherd during this time, what it's saying, you don't need to be worried. You don't need to be acting, responding like the world is out of fear because the Lord is going to guide us to green pastures in which you will be taken care of all the days of your life. That's the goodness of God's promises to us. He's going to guide us to still waters, calm, peaceful waters. Did you know sheep can't drink from a brook, a, a bubbling, racing water, a river? They have The shepherd has to find a pool of water for them that's quiet. 
the, the, the rushing water, they can't drink from it. It makes them nervous. It gets them upset. They can't, they can't drink from it. The Lord will take you to the still waters. Now, we believe in the river of God, the Spirit of God, yes. But there's times that we need the peaceful places where God leads us, and we will have more to drink than we know of. In verse 6, it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's my desire, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. That's the only place of hope. So I just put down Matthew chapter 6. It's not in your notes if you're following me. But Matthew chapter 6 tells us that those who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, everything will be supplied to them. And it tells us not to worry, not to be fretful, not to be afraid of what to eat, what to wear, you know, what, what, all the things in life. It said the Lord knows that we have need of these things before we ever even ask him. So don't be like the world who is, who is after these things and, and nervous about these things or fearful about these things. Seek first God's kingdom. Seek first to have the righteousness of God operating in your life. Be right with God. Be right with other people, and God will supply every need in your life. Philippians says, according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I want to add another scripture, too. I love this, Psalm 37. If you feel like the evil people and evil is winning in the world today, yeah, read Psalm 37. It will put things in proper perspective for you. They might seem like they have the upper hand, but God knows what's going on. They do not win. In God's way of economy and God's kingdom, they do not win. But I want to read uh, verse, uh, 30, Psalm 37, verse 19 to you. It says, They shall not, meaning the righteous, us, they shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine. Hard to find things. Things aren't enough. Thing, you don't have enough. In the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. God is able to bring it to you. God is able to supply your every need, as I said, his word said, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Don't fret. Don't be afraid. He's a good shepherd. The 11th characteristic of God, and the last one we're going to talk about tonight and then go into some other areas, is Yahweh Sabaoth. Yahweh Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts. And what that means when it calls God the Lord, Yahweh the Lord of hosts, he's a, wow. I sense his presence tonight, even when people are, are not here. It's kind of lonely in this sanctuary with just a couple of us here and people in the sound room. It's kind of lonely not seeing your faces, but I feel his presence here tonight as, as we magnify him and look at his word. The Lord of hosts, what that's saying, he's the Lord of the armies of heaven. He, he has armies in heaven that he allows to come to earth to help you and I. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I don't worship angels. We shouldn't. But God does allow angels to minister to the heirs of salvation. That's you tonight. Angels are around you. You've got at least one. And some of you probably have some on double duty. It depends on what you're doing or what you're involved in, you know. And, and, but anyway, you've got at least one angel but yet angels will come to your rescue. Angels came and ministered to Jesus himself. Angels are all through both the Old and the New Covenant uh, scriptures of the Bible to help those that love God, to warn those that don't love God, to caution them, but to help those, to minister to those, to provide comfort to those that do love the Lord. So I believe in angels. That's not just some far-fetched supernatural fairy tale. They are real. I have never can't say I've ever seen one. 
I don't know if one's ever manifested to me in an in a, uh, anthropomorphism form, a human form. I don't know that. But yet, I know that God's rescued me many times when I couldn't see anybody, but I know the hand of God rescued me. Who is that? It was a ministering angel sent to rescue me. I've got some stories about that. So anyway, the Lord of hosts, he's a, he's a Lord of the armies of heaven. And these are the angels, and they're also the saints of God. We're his army too. Isaiah 1.24 says, Therefore the Lord said, The Lord of hosts, the mighty one of Israel, Ah, I will rid myself of my adversaries and take vengeance on my enemies. I'm not out for anybody to be hurt. But you know there's people that, there are human beings that because of their decisions, they've made themselves an enemy of God, an enemy of the gospel. God deals with them in mercy and grace. But there's coming a time the Lord said it's enough and God knows how to deal with them. When enemies rise against the Lord or enemies rise against you and I as God's people, in reality, they're rising against the Lord. Do you remember what uh, Jesus' voice who appeared to Saul before he was Paul said to him when he knocked him down on the road to Damascus? He said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And, and Paul said, you know, Lord, am I persecuting you? Yes, he was persecuting Jesus because Saul was persecuting the people of God. That's how God sees it. When you and I get persecuted, they're not just persecuting us. They're attacking God. So just, you know, it's not just you. It's the Lord that they're after. And that's who the devil's after too. So, so when the enemies of the Lord rise against the Lord, what does the Lord do? He musters his armies of heaven against them. He sends angels to help us uh, again, to destroy those wicked plans against God's chosen people. I love this story. You talk about humor in the Bible. I love this story in the Bible in 2 Kings chapter 6 when Elisha the prophet, he had a servant. And uh, the, the king, the king of Amram was against uh, Israel. And Israel was a northern kingdom. And, and the, king, the king was making war plans against Israel. And here's the funny thing. The king would make all these different warfare, warfare plans, battle strategies, strategies against Israel and their armies. And the prophet Elisha was, through the Holy Spirit, getting the warfare plans of the enemy and reporting them to the king and his army. He said, be careful that such and such pass or such and such valley. The enemy's going to try to be there to entrap you or ambush you. And every time the enemy tried to entrap and ambush them, Israel already knew about it. And this enemy king, he became so upset. He said, surely there's a traitor among us and somebody is telling my battle plans to the king there in Israel. And his, his army, his soldiers, his military men, they knew what was going on. They said, no, it's not one of us. He said, it's the prophet Elisha that he, he hears what... Man, he said, the Holy Spirit, they didn't know what the Holy Spirit was, but they said, he hears what you whisper in your bedroom." And he tells it to the king of Israel so that the strategies that we have against them are foiled. Well, this king gets all incensed. He said, we're going after the prophet. Forget Israel. We're going after the prophet. So they find out where he is, and they, they march, and they encamp around about him. And Elisha's little servant guy comes out of his tent one morning, kind of sleepy-eyed to wash his, wash his eyes and get awake. And when he washes his eyes and gets awake, and he's stretching, go, oh, what a beautiful morning. He looks around on the hills and he sees all these enemy soldiers and chariots and warfare. And he sees them encamped around and he looks around and he said, oh, 
I don't know if he said, oh, my God. I don't know if he said, oh, Yahweh. I don't know what he said. But he runs in. He said, Elijah, Elijah, we got a problem. We got an issue here. And so Elijah comes out, and he said, the armies, the armies of the enemy are all around about us. And Elijah had the Spirit of God in him, like just like you and I have the Spirit of God in us. And Elijah very calmly said in verse six, uh, 16 of 2 Kings 6, those that are with us are more than those that are with them. When you read the rest of the story, it's, 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 it's funny, it's humorous, but it also shows the mercy of God. They rallied, they, they, the eyes, Elijah prayed that God would strike them with blindness, the enemy. I don't know if you and I can do that today. I don't know. It worked then. Those are kind of like precatory prayers like David prayed in the Psalms. Oh, God, smash their teeth out. Oh, God, break their arms. Oh, God, wipe them off the earth. I don't know that we can get away with praying prayers like that in the day of age of grace with the Lord. I, I don't know. I don't try to do that. I pray people will be saved. Their eyes will be open. God restrain evil. I don't know. But yet, Elisha prayed their eyes be blinded. He captured the entire army. And he took him into town, and, and, and then Israel said, hey, let's kill him. Elisha, Elisha said, no, don't kill him. Feed him. Feed him. You know, that's kind of like New Testament Jesus talk. Feed your enemies. Do good unto those that do evil to you. They fed them. They released them. Their eyesight came to them. You know what the, you know what the outcome of that was? That enemy army never bothered Israel again because they saw the power of God working they were too they had a they had a fear of the Lord I love that story you know you say wow that's Old Testament hey our God is the same yesterday today and forever God is able to do miraculous supernatural I believe we're living in the day the last days I believe we're living in time we're going to see an increase of the supernatural working of God's spirit among his people that are dedicated to him will lay down their life for him to see him glorified. So I want to be one of those. I don't consider myself a hero. I don't consider myself brave. I'm dependent on the Holy Spirit to give me the courage and everything I need to represent the Lord as an ambassador in this day and this time. I want to be that though. I, I, want, to, I want to die with Jesus on my lips. I want to die with a smile across my face knowing that I pleased him and honored him and glorified him. Praise God. Lord Sabio, the Lord of the hosts of the armies of heaven. And if Romans 8, 31, this is New Testament. says, if God be for you, no one can stand against you. Praise God. Isaiah 54, 17, I've been quoting this lately. It says, no weapon formed against you shall, shall prosper. It did not say no weapon shall form against you. But it says no weapon that is formed against you, it's not going to prosper. It'll form, and it may form, but it will not prosper, the Lord said. For every tongue which rises against you in judgment, the Lord shall condemn. So the scripture teaches us, and, and God's uh, supernatural warfare, the way that God fights it, God still today, even though you may not seem like it, may seem like the world's out of control, government's out of control, evil's out of control, the devil's out of control. Remember, he's a prince in the power of the air. He is allowed to do what he does, but he's, it's only for a season, and his season is growing short. And so, you know, Daniel says that, that the enemy's effort in the last days will be to wear down the saints. I know we feel that. 
But it also tells us in the New Testament, do not be weary in well-doing for in due season, that's in God's time, God's appointed time, you're going to reap if you faint not. So let's not faint. Let's keep on pressing in. Let's keep on spending time with the Lord, being renewed, being refreshed in His presence. Amen. You can do that at home. You don't have to be in the church building. As a matter of fact, you are the church. You are the temple. You are the vessel. You're the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. Just put on your praise music, your YouTube or your whatever, your CDs, whatever you got. Put it on and worship the Lord. Spend time. You Listen, you're at home tonight. Spend time. Don't, don't get fascinated by the TV. I know I'm messing with you. Don't get overwhelmed by the media and the news. Spend your time with the Lord. Build yourself up with the Lord. Be encouraged in the Lord. Daniel 7, verse 17b part says this. Talking about Nebuchadnezzar and his rule. He was an evil king over, over the you know, uh, Babylon, uh, the empire of Babylon. In order that the living, in Daniel 4, 17b, in order that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men, and God gives the rulership to whomever he will, he sets it over, he sets over it the lowest of men. That was Daniel's statement. God is in absolute charge over the affairs of the kingdom of men. It doesn't matter what it looks like. God still is. He rules. He, he raises one up. He takes one down. Scripture says that. Nebuchadnezzar, he was humbled because of his arrogance and his pride, you remember the statue he built? Because of his arrogance and pride and demanded everybody in the kingdom worship him as a god. And then we see the other story of Daniel, that one of the kings there, uh, uh, because that, that statue and, and the three Hebrew children, the young men, because they wouldn't worship, they were thrown in the fiery furnace. They said, oh, king. You know, we respect you and long live the king, but, you know, our God is the God of Israel, and we're not going to worship. doesn't matter what you do, and it doesn't matter if we burn. doesn't matter if we die. We're not going to bow. They were thrown into the fiery furnace, and you know that story, how there was four of them instead of three of them, and the king commanded them to come out. didn't smell like smoke. Nothing, their hair wasn't singed. Their garments didn't even smell like smoke. Well, he became a believer. Uh, we don't know if he maintained that. Same thing about Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar, what happened to him, he got so arrogant and prideful, the word, he had a dream of an, that uh, an animal was in the field eating the grass like an ox and for a seven-year period, and he was very troubled. Daniel was the only one spiritual enough to be able to discern the dream. Daniel came in and said, oh, king, if it were, if it were only one of your enemies, this was going to happen to Daniel had such a heart even for this pagan king. You know what? You and I need to have that kind of heart for even for evil rulers today. Oh, not that it would happen to you. We need to pray for them and intercede for our rulers, our kings, our leaders today on a national, state, and local level. We need to take the heart that Daniel had, the heart of God, and pray for our leaders. Come on, church. We need to do that. So Daniel said, oh, that it was your enemy that it was going to happen to, but it's not, king. You are going to be deposed from your throne. You're going to eat grass in the field like an ox for a period of seven years until you have this revelation of the God of heaven. Now, that's the setting. Listen to what happened. Listen to these are the words of Nebuchadnezzar, that pagan king, after his encounter with a magnificent God that does rule the kingdoms of all men. In Daniel chapter 4, verse 34b through 35, very short, but these are Nebuchadnezzar's words. For, and he referred to God. He said, for his kingdom, his dominion is an everlasting dominion. Nebuchadnezzar was saying, I thought mine was going to be, but it's not. 
His, this God of Daniel, this God of Israel, his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. Mine's not, but the God Almighty's is. All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. This is a man that was arrogant, proud, boasting, saying, I'm everything, fall down and worship my statue, my image, and give homage to me. If not, I'll burn you, I'll destroy you. So he said, all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. God, his reference, what he does is God does according to his will in the army of heaven uh, and will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. No one can restrain God's hand or say to him, what have you done? Wow, what a lesson King Nebuchadnezzar learned. He gave glory to God. So in any battle that is fought, natural or spiritual, supernatural, the greater power always wins. Listen, go to the scriptures. Greater is he that lives in you than he that's in this world. Jesus Christ in us causes us to be more than conquerors because he loves us. So the greater one always wins in the Lord. So the power of God is infinitely greater than the power that can come against the Lord himself. This emphasis is on the delegated authority and power that God has made available to you and I as his sons and daughters to make us more than conquerors. I've already told you that. That's found in Romans 8, 37. He makes us more than conquerors over every spiritual foe. Is our battles going to be there? Yes. Are weapons going to be formed against you? Yes. But they're not going to prosper. And because the Lord is on our side, and really it's not the Lord on our side, we've got to get on the Lord's side. We, you don't want the Lord on your side because we could be wrong. But when you get on the Lord's side and you live, dwell, walk in his righteousness, you know, none of us are perfect. I didn't say that. But when we live in his righteousness, we live trusting in his grace, trusting in his love, trusting in the blood of Yeshua Jesus. When you live that kind of life, the Lord is for you, not against you. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be submitted to him, yielded to him, love him. He's working on all of us. None of us have arrived yet. So every war involves opposing foes, and only really one side could win. Listen, in the kingdom of God, in the battle between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness, there is no draw. There is no tie. That's not going to happen. The Lord is the Lord. He is supreme. He is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He wins. He wins. The devil is simply a created being of God. Once, once a, a, an angel, Lord, an angel that led in worship, but now he's only what is called. I love it. Miles Monroe is the first one I heard call him this. Satan and all of those demonic powers—they are unemployed cherubs. They're unemployed angels. They don't have a job anymore. Not in heaven. Their ministry now is to tempt, to test to antagonize, to irritate us, to try to get us to compromise, to try to get us to, uh, to, to just compromise. That way we disqualify ourselves. The devil can't do anything against you but what you allow him to do. And that's why Paul warns us, cautions us, don't give place to the enemy. Don't, don't give room to him. Don't give the opportunity to the devil. That scripture is going to come up later, but it came out now. So every war involves two opposing powers and only one side can win. So in this spiritual war, we see the power of God and his army pitted against the power of the devil and his army. God's army is composed of the holy heavenly angels and you and I as saints of God, the redeemed of God. Satan's army is composed of the evil angels and the unbelievers. 
You know, just as God uses human beings and his angels to uh, promote his gospel, the enemy uses the demons and human beings that sometimes don't know that they're manipulated. Sometimes they've given themselves over to satanic powers. And he uses the enemy, the devil, uses them to promote his dark kingdom. But I'm telling you, God Almighty, the King of Israel, the King of glory, what the Bible describes as the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has all authority over the enemy. And lately, I've been, I've been, I think the Holy Spirit's been causing me to realize, and, and looking over these names of, of Yahweh again, why are we ever afraid? Why do we ever get fearful or doubtful? The God that created the whole universe that we can't even begin to comprehend. Go back and look at the first uh, night, the first lesson on the notes that I told you about the Hubble telescope, how big our universe is, and we can't even see it all. How, how big the heavens belong to the Lord. The earth is just his footstool. Why do we get afraid? Why do we get fearful? Why do we get doubtful? Because not only does God Almighty, he reveals himself to us as our father, Abba, Daddy in Aramaic, if you want to get intimate about it. Why are we ever afraid? Why are we ever fearful? Why do we let negative things come out of our mouth? Why do we listen to what the world says when we've got a God, a Father that loves us so, so extremely, so radically, that he even would allow himself to become one of us, to, to let the creation crucify the creator because he wanted to save and redeem us it took a human being to buy us back from what adam and eve lost in the garden god became one of us lowered himself to the form of a human to become one of us to die in our place to die as one of us in our place so that our sins were laid upon his son so that he could redeem us back what an amazing gospel story what an amazing love that god has Listen, those that, some who do not really know the Lord God of Israel, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, what they do is they portray God and Satan as equal opposing forces or powers. That is not so. God is creator, the enemy, the devil. I don't, I don't even, when, when I use the name Satan, I don't even give him the honor of capitalizing his name. I refuse. Spell check pops up, capital S, I said ignore Ignore, ignore. I refuse to give him the recognition of even his name being capitalized. He doesn't deserve it. He doesn't deserve it. He's a destroyer. He's a thief. And Jesus is the Savior and the Lord. I know I'm, that may sound, whoa, man, that's pretty. Hey, he doesn't deserve the credit. He doesn't deserve the glory. Don't give it to the devil, you know. He doesn't deserve it. And so, but people that don't know, really know God, they think and they present God and the devil are equal powers. And there's this huge supernatural spiritual wrestling match going on. And sometimes the devil wins and sometimes God wins. No, no, no. God will always win. The reason we lose and Satan wins is because we've given place to the devil. We've given the devil a place of authority in our life, a foothold, a stronghold to come in. And don't do it, Paul says. That way you don't have to exercise him. You don't have to have him cast out. You don't have to deal with his mess that he brings into your life. Amen. I've gone from teaching to preaching tonight. Praise God. As a fallen angel or what I call, and Miles Murrow called an unemployed, unemployed cherub, he was created by God. He's controlled by God. He only can do what God allows him to do. As a falling, fallen angel, he retains only as much of his original angelic power as God allows him to have and work in. So 
He can't do anything to the saint of God. I've already said that, except as God permits or as the believer, you and I open the door to him and give him a place. And again, Ephesians 4, 27, it's not in your notes, so write it down. I put it in my notes tonight. It, Paul said, neither give place to the devil. What does that mean, give place? I love word studies. That word place in there, don't give place to the devil. It says, don't give a space of occupancy. Don't give a location for the devil, uh, a platform for which him to work in your life. In other words, watch what you watch. Watch who your friends are. Watch who you date. Watch who you're flirting around with. If you're not careful, you're opening the door to trouble. You're going to get soul tied to somebody that you don't need to be soul tied to. You're going to get emotionally attached and attracted to them, and your emotions are going to go over your reasoning and your sense and, and the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and you're going to make a mistake. Somebody's about to walk into that right now. In the name of Jesus, you need to break it off and listen to God and put God first. He's got somebody for your life, and it's the right person if you'll wait on God. Stop being over-anxious. Stop being fretful. Stop feeling like, wow, life is passing me by and, I, and it's not happening for me. Don't do an Abraham-Sarah thing and create an Ishmael. Boy, somebody needs to hear that tonight. So don't give place. Don't give a space of occupancy. Don't give an opportunity. Don't give a license. Don't give permission to the devil. Listen, by what you read, watch, and allow to come into your mind, your heart, your spirit, your eyes, guard it. Guard it. We're in a, a three-day fast. You need to dedicate, separate, consecrate yourself to the Lord. The history of Israel is one of warfare. Our history, our present, it's one of warfare. God didn't call you and I to a picnic. I used to think, oh, I'm born again. I'll never have problems again. Boy, was I horribly mistaken. I thought life was going to be just easy and blessed, and I'd enter some kind of real utopia finally on this planet. It's not so. And so we're in a spiritual warfare. We're soldiers. We're ambassadors. All of Paul's writings in his epistles to Christians is warfare mentality. And I want to tell you what, honey, or sir, you better get your armor on. You don't take the armor off. You sleep in it, you wear it, you may take it, you may have to get some dents straightened out. I don't know if God has to give us a new set of armor or not. I don't know. But we need to sharpen our sword, which is the word of the Lord, by fellowship with the Lord. You need to have your armor on and stay ready. And as long as we're obedient, and as long as Israel was obedient, and listen, here's the, here's the key, it's so simple. As long as Israel was obedient and loved God with all of their heart, and as long as we're obedient and love God with all of our heart, we're not perfect. We're human. God knew what he was getting when he saved you. He knew he was getting a human being that was not perfect. He, didn't ask, he doesn't ask us to be perfect. He asked us to be obedient to him, and it's not impossible. As long as Israel was obedient and you're, we're obedient, we win. The devil's defeated. He's already defeated by Jesus. We just reinforce the victory Jesus has already won. We just have to stand strong and not give in. That's what Paul said. When you've done all to stand, stand. He also says, don't be weary in well-doing. I've already said that. For in a due season, God's appointed time, we're going to reap. We're going to get the reward if, 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 conditional, we faint not. Okay. So as long as we're obedient and they were obedient, no power could stop them. No power can stop you and I as a church. Listen, this coronavirus, I wish I had that prophecy. I don't have that prophecy. 
It's a word of prophecy. You can find it on our website. We put it on our website. Uh, a, a person that's in this area, Kim, uh, Kim Klein, uh, her husband, Russ Klein, they're both very prophetic. Uh, before the coronavirus really broke out in the, in the way that it has, she had a very prophetic dream. I believe in it. I believe it's a good word. I believe it's a right-on word from the Lord. I don't, I don't have it before me tonight and don't really have the time to read it. Go on our website. And you, can, you can read it there. and Maybe you can cut and paste it and copy it and print it out. Share it with people. It's very encouraging. The devil wins. When you and I cast our crowns before the devil, coronavirus, when we cast our crowns before the Lord Jesus Christ, he is Lord even over coronavirus. That's why we're doing the Esther fast. We're praying this thing will die in the name of Jesus. It will die in the name of Jesus. That people will live in the name of Jesus. That people will come to the knowledge of Jesus through this. I'm not looking for a scare tactic for evangelism because that doesn't work. But the fear of the Lord, the reverence, the awe, the respect of the Lord must return or people cannot be saved and born again. You know, it, it's, it takes a certain amount of respect and honor and fear of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Godly sorrow leads us to repentance. We need that to happen. We need to be praying for that to happen to people. So as we obey God's commands and do according to his instructions, we can be victorious of the powers over darkness. You know what? I'm not going to try to go into lesson two tonight. Uh, we've been going, it's almost quarter to eight tonight. We'll shorten this up tonight. I've been firing at you for a while now. and Man, I feel the presence of the Lord. I just want to encourage you. Um, stay sanitized. Do all the practical things. There's nothing wrong with that. We should be doing that anyway. Eat healthy. Get your immune system built up. The practical thing. Take care of this temple of the living God. That's the practical part. That's your part. If you do your part, the Lord for sure is going to do his part. Our Number one line of protection, defense, deliverance. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the covenant that Je when Jesus on that night that he was betrayed, when he took that bread and he took that cup and he told those first disciples, take of my bread, eat of it. You're eating me. Drink of this cup for it's the cup of the covenant of my blood. He said, as often as you do this, remember me. Remember what? Who he is, what he's done for us, gave his life for us, what he's currently presently doing for us. Listen, when you and I walk in obedience or humility to the Lord, it says the blood of Jesus. This is found in 1 John. The blood of Jesus Christ continually cleanses us from our sins. Our line of defense, our line of protection, our line of healing it's the blood of Yeshua, Jesus. It's the covenant that Jesus made with God the Father on your behalf. Appropriate that covenant. Uh, find a way to take communion in your home with your family. Even if it's a saltine cracker and water, it doesn't matter the real elements. What matters is your heart. God can, God can accept you eating a saltine cracker and water if that's all you got. Uh, we practice it at home. We have mops at home. We have juice at home. You may not have that. You may not confine that in the store right now. I don't. It's Passover, so that's really on the shelves right now, unless people clean that out too. But uh, it doesn't matter if it's salting water in a cracker. Take communion. Is it a is it a lucky rabbit's foot? No. Does it guarantee? No. It's a covenant. It's you saying to God, God, I recognize the body of your Son. I recognize the blood of your Son. I recognize that you saved me, you redeemed me, you came to give your life for me. I am your bride. I am, I am the bride, the body of Christ that you've died for. 
that you're preparing a home for in glory that you're coming back to receive. And I drink, I take this bread, I drink this cup, I accept the proposal, Jesus, that you made to me to become your bride. Powerful. When you do that and you obey the Lord, you determine, you set your, you set your heart, you set your eyes on following him. You're going to be okay. We're going to make it through this. God is going to use this to open doors to be greater witnesses and testimonies to people. God's going to do some miraculous healings, supernatural healings of people that are sick, not only from coronavirus, but other things. God's going to show himself mighty on behalf of those who trust him and love him. The eyes of the Lord are roaming, searching throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those that know him. Know is an intimate term of relationship. Man, I'm looking for God to do some great things. It's a difficult day, but listen, in difficult days, that's when the light of Christ shines the brightest. The darker it is, the easier it is for the light of Christ to shine through us in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you. Father, I ask you to bless those that are listening. I ask you to bless this congregation of World Outreach Worship Center. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the honor of coming into their homes through the media tonight. Lord, blessing Hampton Roads, blessing our, our, our leaders on a national level, Lord, blessing our leaders on a state level, Lord, our governors and, and all that uh, reign and, and help us. Blessing, Lord, our leaders on a local level, our mayors and our, our, our city councils, Lord, and our school boards, Lord. They're out to try to do the best to help the citizens. They're in a difficult job, Lord. We pray for them. Keep them healthy. Keep them safe. Lord, bless them with the right, proper decisions, oh God. Uh, some of us have been antagonistic and say, well, they're trying to close down the church. Well, they may be trying to do that. But listen, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. No matter what they do, God is going to see to it. His church is strong. His church accomplishes his will until he comes for us in the name of Jesus. I bless you. Thank you for letting us be with you tonight. Remember, uh, Sunday morning, 8.30, 11.30, normal, regular times. We have a little different format. Uh, I may be relaxed again, sitting down. I don't really know yet, but we'll just see and see how it goes. But thank you for joining us. Uh, be faithful to the Lord in your giving. And uh, be faithful and, uh, you know, use the, use the apps and the, and the media ways of giving to the Lord. Uh, I, I think I said this. We are still receiving offerings for our missionaries. We may extend it into the month of April because I realize a lot of you or probably most of you, if not all of you, have had to spend extra money at the stores trying to gather things that... In the instance that we were quarantined, we don't know. We don't know where this thing's going. So you probably had a lot of extra expenses and things. So we'll probably extend the offering and the time to give you a chance to give to the missionaries until uh, from both March and April because they need our prayers and they really need our financial support. So I'm encouraging you, be faithful to this local church, World Outreach Worship Center. Be faithful uh, to the missionaries. Simply again, pray and ask God what your part is to do. Obey the Lord. It'll work. It'll be sufficient. We love you from Sylvia and me. We love you. God bless you. Thank you for being here.